0: Hi, welcome to The Witching Hour. I am Patti Negri, psychic, medium, and good witch, and your host for this hour journey into the other worlds. You might recognize me from my regular appearances on ghost adventures or from my book, Old World Magic for the Modern World, but this is my baby, this is The Witching Hour. What is The Witching Hour, you may say? Well, actually, it's really late at night when the veil is thinnest between the worlds and magic happens. But this Switching Hour is whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This Switching Hour is about you, is about bringing my lifetime of experience of education and magic and supernatural and paranormal into your life. But it's mostly about my guests. I bring you amazing guests from all over the world, experts in their field, psychics, mediums, occultists, witches, vampires, hypnotists, feng shui artists, and today is no exception. I'm excited to meet her for the first time myself, but I'm going to tell you about fellow medium and magical girl, Tessa Del Zappo. Around the age of four, Tessa began seeing spirit. As a child, she became very ill, which resulted in a major surgery and a stay in the hospital for several weeks. During her visit at the hospital, she encountered angelic white lights and figures surrounding her bed at night. In her later years, Tessa realized that this critical stage in her life could have triggered her ability as a medium. Although the ability has passed down from her grandmother to her mother and then to her, Tessa believes that her years of illness connected her very strongly to the spirit world. In the years to follow, she would frequently see a man walk into her room every single night. Eventually, she gained the courage to ask him some questions and relayed the messages back to her family. She found out that an uncle who died in the house prior to her being born. It was in these moments that she realized that she was able to connect with souls who are no longer here in the physical world. In her teens, Tessa decided to learn more about her ability so that she could help those around her she went on to receive her bachelor's degree in education and her master's degree in clinical mental health counseling and her work as a medium overpowered what she was able to do in her clinical setting so she decided to put her career aside and follow her passions as a medium relaying messages from spirit she was drawn to the paranormal world and would frequently be asked to go to locations that experienced a lot of activity to read the location and find out who or what was around Tessa's role as a medium began to take many different avenues, from private readings to paranormal work, as well as criminal investigations involving missing persons and homicides. So I'm going to go on and on, but let's just bring her herself out. Welcome, Tessa. Hi. Hi, Patty. Thank you so much for having me today. I am thrilled to have you. I love your history. Um, As I even said backstage a little bit, we have very much in common. We both started very young talking to spirits. I just kind of thought everybody could and learned that wasn't the truth. We both had illnesses that perhaps, you know, increased what that was in doing it. Uh, and we both tried to do other things with our career, but we kept getting drawn back. Um, so tell everybody a little bit about you now, who, other than my you know, bad telling of your bio. How did you get here? Yeah, you
1: did great. And there's so much to say, you know, and I know you know this, our journeys are separate but similar and there's so much that goes into it um you know yeah i set my career aside and i just knew like you said we just keep getting drawn back it's you know when the universe wants you to do something they're going to keep pushing until you follow it so i did Um, and luckily i did because i I love what i do Uh, it led me into being able to read large audiences so i'm also a dancer and an aerialist and i've been on stage since i was three And so I started reading at gallery events and large venues and audiences. And I learned that I love that setting. I love allowing people to witness spirit communication firsthand. So I started doing that. I started kind of moving around with it until I landed my casino show. Um, Mm -hmm. So not only do I do the private readings with people, but I did a casino show. um, And then I started the podcast when the pandemic, you know, kind of hit and everybody had to redevelop what they were doing. Um, And that led me to meet awesome people, you know, in the entertainment world, other people who do what we do in the paranormal field, Um, and just networking that way. And now there's so many great things coming up, I think, for everybody. Um, So I'm very excited to talk about it, talk with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of this pandemic thing, haven't you noticed that people are needing more help? I mean, we when tough times, people get desperate and they need help along the way. Sometimes their belief systems aren't keeping up with them. they their religious stuff. So they're going outside and they just need solace. So I, are you finding that, too, that people are just we're needed more than ever now?
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: And what's cool is I think what we do,
1: it kind of transcends. Um, you know, religion and and yeah. maybe belief system, like it encompasses kind of everything. And and I know you probably know this. We read people of all ethnicities and religions and things. So it, it kind of brings everything together and you're right. People are reaching out more so than ever for guidance from their loved ones on the other side or, you know, just insight into what's going to happen. So y- yeah, it's been quite a ride, huh? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think it's even... I'm feeling really good I think that this was a great big wake-up call from the universe just like you guys we did become zombies we did become this and now and now as we step into this new age this new age of Aquarius I think it's it's going to be exciting but again people need guides people need help along the way and I love that you do it in a casino setting because again you're probably going to get an audience you're not going to get somewhere else or something else and get to a whole new audience which is what I like doing too.
1: Yeah, if, and you know, too, when you work in, in a large audience, I mean, everybody, it's not just the one person that you're reading in the audience, somebody else could receive a message through that person, or people who might be non believers have an experience for the first time through somebody else. And it's really just, it really is just that it's an experience. Um, and, you know, so and like I said, I love being on stage. So it kind of fits my personality. And um, I can't wait to get those back out there and and travel a little bit more doing those.
0: I know, and I love that you're a dancer, too, and an aerialist. I envy that, because I, I I, would be like bad Lucille Ball hanging from an aerial somewhere. It wouldn't be pretty. It wouldn't you be never... pretty at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, someday you'll have to have you combine the two, your mediumship and dance and movement. And
1: <laughs> well, I did, and so what I did was, it was funny, I did my casino show, and when I landed the show, I called up the entertainment director, and I was like, so can you rig a hoop from the stage? (laughs) And at first he's kind of like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, well, I wanna close the show with a performance. You can't hand me a stage and not expect me to wanna dance and stuff. And they did it. And so my very first show, I figured out a way to combine the two. It sounds crazy, but it was brilliant, it worked. And, um, it was phenomenal because in my world and kind of what I've understood with my personal experiences as a dancer and stuff, it was my outlet. So, you know, for yourself, and and I'm sure you have your own ways, We need to clear ourselves of what we're picking up as a medium or or normal field, whatever it might be. And so dance for me was my outlet. I would clear myself that way. And I allowed people to understand the connection of the two um, and so closing the show with it just really kind of was like the cherry on top. So it was it was fun. It was
0: really great. That's beautiful. And yeah. And again, it it's it's a way for us, our right brain, that creative side of us to do. Um, yeah, I'm a dancer. And again, very different than you. Tap was my specialty. So I'm. Uh, and and my my crowning moment was like I got to. This shows my age, I guess. I got to dance with Gregory Hines. But I was like a no. kid. In, he was my idol it's like oh my gosh I did a film with Gregory Hines and he wasn't even dancing in the film and they had a different choreographer and I was cast and then all of a sudden he's like why is there a different choreographer he's like let me do this I I floated for like months it was when you get to do something like that when your worlds come together and um and I thought about my enthusiasm and my magic in this thing we're on location it's like this is still my gift to the world. They're seeing how we embrace life, how we embrace all this stuff. So again, it's all part of the magic. It's not just standing on stage, big stage, little stage, one or one. It's us being who we are, I think.
1: (laughs) No, true, and like that's amazing, first of all. So Gregory Hines is like the OG of tap and, you know. know. And I used to watch him at, even as a kid, I would watch, because I started doing tap when I was three, that my mother, she purposely did this. She put me in dance to get me away from her because I was so clingy. And I had a lot of anxiety. And you probably have experienced mm-hmm. that when you're a kid and you're picking things up and you don't necessarily know what that is. Yeah. You're scared. It's anxiety. It's all these things. So she's like, I got to do something with this kid. And she put me in dance. So I started off in tap. And um, and so we learned about Gregory Hines. I mean, we would watch videos be you know would watch these instructional things and it was it was great so to hear that you you know
0: were in a movie with him and such is amazing that's super fun yep yeah yeah it was it was it was amazing and again because he was my idol forever and ever to do it too so it was cool (laughs)
1: did you do other like what else you did tap what else did you do no i i I, did
0: i I worked for a long time here in la at the, the variety arts center was an a club, private club in downtown L.A., owned by Milt Larson, who owns the Magic Castle now. For everybody who knows magic knows the Magic Castle. He used to have another private club downtown before downtown, literally across the street from like where the Staples Center is in L.A. Live now. But back in the day, people didn't go downtown, but it was a beautiful private club. And we did two shows a night, um, song and dance extravaganzas, big band, old school. I was kind of their dumb blonde comic meet- and the dancer and the chorus. And I-, I spent years, two shows a night at the variety art center. And it was great. Live, uh, old, you're- all everything from like the pretty much a different era, 20s, yeah. 30s, 40s. That's the it. Monroe of the project. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On your, on your head. But again, never an aerialist. I love that. I, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was, it was weird because I didn't, I mean, I was like you, I, I dabbled in everything. I did tap, I did jazz. I was forced to do ballet if I wanted to compete. And so I just kind of kind of tappered in everything. But then I realized I was a contortionist as well. So I started doing gymnastics and contortion. And, and I was that girl that when you would go to the shows, I was the one with the solo who would do the weird, you know, contortion and the audience would get all weirded out by it. And I loved it. Um, and so it was in my later years, because in New York, there wasn't that many places to do aerial arts. You know, you have to go more towards where you are um, and Vegas and things like that. So finally, I realized that there was a gym and it was in my later years. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to jump into it. And I did. And I took to it as if I've done it. So maybe it was a past life of mine. I don't know that I, you know, I, I performed it because I just grabbed onto the hoop and I started doing it as if I already knew it.
0: So it was um yeah it was like second nature that's awesome I love that and again more similarities my mom got me into dance too because I was so shy again when you're magical kids I think we just live in our own little world and the teachers Patty's so sweet but she's so shy she's so withdrawn she's so this put her in a dance class and by the next year it's like Patty doesn't shut up you know? <laughs> right <laughs> oh wow oops yeah. it worked. Um, you,
1: so. You know, when you're on a stage or when you're performing, you don't have to be you for a minute. So guy or whatever, it's almost like you put a mask on for a moment, and you could be whatever the character is, or you just kind of let yourself go into whatever the music is. So it's it's totally an expression, you know. But it it does it helps people get out of their shells. It helps anxiety. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. So I love it again. I I don't have that many mediums on the show. It's great. I, but, so do you have an on-off switch? <sighs>
1: I mean, I think I developed one more yeah. so, um, but I'm usually always on. And I, it's not that, you know, I'll never read somebody unless they give me permission. So it's not mm-hmm. as though I'm always tapping into people's personal life, but I'm always on. I'm always aware of what's around me, uh, but I kind of dim the switch every once in yeah. a while. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like I, you go into Target or something, you want to dim that switch. Um, but most of the time I'm on and I developed that when I realized I could do so. You know, more so in my teens when I really started asking questions and talking to other people with this ability because I had no idea. Like you said in the beginning, I thought a lot of people could see what I was seeing mm-hmm. and I was feeling and come to find out they couldn't. So I'm like, I need to find people like me. I need to find people who understand. So I did. Um, and they're like, no, it's it's like a switch and you could turn it down. You could turn it up. Uh, and I and I worked on that. So most of the time I'm on, and I do that yeah. purposely. Uh, you know, just because I'm so used to it, and I know my boundaries.
0: Um, and but I'll only read people when they give me permission. Right. Me too. 100%. And I do have an on-off switch. Cause, and I do turn it off. If I go to the grocery store, I don't want, your dead mother wants to talk to you. I don't want to be Long Island meet him. She's great, but people know she's there. It's not a thing. And, and I agree with you ethically. I don't approach people if they have not approached me. That's right. Um, and that, is, I do believe, is my saving grace, the on-off switch and the dimmer in betwixt and between. Because so many people that don't know how to control that, it, it affects their, their regular life, the mundane life. My cat is agreeing, and he's on a whole other floor of the house. That's Larry. Weird. <laughs> I mean, we got
1: two mediums on a show. They're probably... <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. He's like, all oh, the spirits that are here everywhere. Um, so... I- now, I, because this is what I've done, I literally, in, in my witchy side, and I do my, I do, I'm known for my seances, I do gallery stuff too, but not like you, and I literally, I live the veil, and I close the veil, I work, um, do you do that, or do you just step into how it's working, how did, now, so say you're going on stage, you have 600 people, six people, it doesn't matter, how do you, um,
1: when i when i walk on a stage it's weird because like you know before i do it i'm super nervous so most of the time before i go on stage it's just a normal thing right you get anxious you're nervous and i feel like um i start picking things up even before i go on to stage it's like you know that you're gonna do it spirit knows that you're coming because i i refer to us as like a lighthouse we're like you know a lighthouse in the dark and they know we're coming so um I did a show, uh, the very last one I did before the pandemic was 600 people. And I remember standing backstage and I knew there was 600 people out there, but it felt like there was 1,200. There was at least one person or one spirit per person out there. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, But when I walk out, you know, I I try to keep it dimmed until... I really want to tune in. And then I try my best to focus on whoever's there. And it's really, I just use that switch. Um, It's really interesting that you talk about for you, like lifting the veil and and closing it. Um, And I'd really love to know like what your process is, because for me, I kind of just go out there and I, I really just kind of zoom in on whoever feels the strongest or whichever way I feel I need to go first. It's this weird, like, (laughs) um, like thing happening in my mind. Like, where do I need to go?
0: Yeah. That kind of divine guidance kind of thing too. And I, and by how loud is that particular spirit? It's like, okay, this one won't shut up. So let's talk to this one. You know, somebody that Betty, you know, it's like
1: "Ah." some spirit is more prevalent than others. You know, some have stronger uh, energy levels than others. And, and I always say cause spirit gives us what we need. So maybe this person really needed to hear this, you know? Um, And with that, another person could take that message for them as well. And, um, you know, you're right. It's, it's divine. It's whatever somebody or the audience needs in those moments.
0: And that, I love that you said that too, about somebody is getting that specific message. And it's also specifically for someone else. And I try to e- explain that too, but it, I don't even understand it, let alone how to explain that, that, you know, your three-legged cat that passed on is the same message for them. I <laughs> don't, But I guess just yeah. spirit works that way, but it,
1: probably noticed too like I, I don't know if you've noticed this but it's weird it's it's like the universe places people in those positions so out of 600 people in the audience you know like you said a three-legged cat okay this person had a three-legged cat and this happened to it and this 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 but how come the person two rows behind them feels the exact same message like did the universe put them all together to receive those messages it's yeah. like it's
0: done ahead of time you know it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's like this beautiful, complicated little puzzle piece. And we just have faith and step in. Have yeah. faith and step in and get out of our own way.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's trusting our gift and trusting. Well, I call it an ability, but trusting our ability and, and being confident in what we feel and see and then giving it to them and
0: leaving it up to them to interpret. Did it take you for a long time to learn to trust that or because you started out young Did or did like you know, you want to go over to that. Le- I talk very much left brain, right brain. You have to shut down this left brain. You can't say, I can't say there's a giraffe in the room because no, there can't be a giraffe. You can't go there. You have to say it. If there's, a- did, did that take you a while or just starting young, did you just kind of know how to do that?
1: I think when I got older and you start realizing that people judge you and there's uh-huh. elements that come into play, like I really started shutting it down because, you know, especially in, I'd say, like high school years and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you get judged an awful lot. So like you, you know, we shut down, I think naturally. And I shut mine down an awful lot to where then I had to kind of pull myself out of it again and really open back up. And I, I noticed that I wasn't as confident in it. I was seeing these vivid things. I knew what I was seeing and hearing and feeling, but when I would deliver that to somebody, I was second guessing myself. And I'm like, are they going to judge me or maybe I was wrong or why did spirit just show me an apple? What the heck's an apple? You know, it's like, but to them, it might make perfect sense. You know, it, I rem- I'll never forget it. I, I read somebody, I must've been in college and and it was just this random thing that happened. I was talking to a girl and she, it, I used the apple thing for a reason. I was talking to her and her grandmother had just passed. And I was like, I know this is weird. I was like, you know, your grandmother is stepping forward. And she literally grabbed an apple and handed it to you. I'm like, I know I sound crazy right now. And her face just like, she went blank. And then she starts crying. And I'm like, come to find out her grandmother had an apple orchard when she would grow up. (laughs) And it was like her symbol of showing me that she, you know, this is what she loved. And she's like, all she kept talking about before she died was she wanted to go back to her orchard. And I'm like, and then I started crying and I was like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought that spirit showing you a simple apple would mean so much to somebody else. And it was those moments that allowed me to really just build that confidence back in myself and just go for it and say whatever comes to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we
0: have to do. So in, um, do you work with people? Do you teach people that do you do what do you work with people to, to teach that at all or just.
1: Coach I, have a lot. I I haven't, you know, I do it here and there. Like I'll do it individually with people sometimes and help them a little bit. Um, but I've been asked to do it a lot. I, I um I would like to because I think I think people really want to know. And and there's a lot of people who have levels because I think it's on a spectrum. So, yeah. like what we do, you know, you read differently than me, or you might see something differently than me. There's a s- spectrum, and so you know, people have a level of intuition. Uh, where do they fall on the spectrum and how do they understand it versus me? But I think anybody with our ability can help you know somebody so I've been thinking about it I'd really like
0: yeah because I I've been teaching a lot and people are hungry to learn again that same thing and again they're not going to get on stage with 600 people they're not going <laughs> to hang a shield that says they're this but it, it it tunes them to their own intuition again it tunes them to their own ability so yeah. Yeah, I I highly recommend it because people are just hungry to just get in tune with themselves with spirit and and not, again, everybody's gonna have the same gift. I agree. It's like everybody could take piano lessons. I took piano lessons. I will never be a concert pianist. You know, I can chomp out, you know, Guantanamera or something. Right. but it's it's just just like acting work. I we both have theatrical, just like mask work. Ah, it's bringing out these other whole sides of yourself and and systems within yourself. yeah,
1: yeah. and I love learning, too. That's why I was so excited to talk with you because I'm like, you don't see like mediums, you know, doing these things together and discussing it. And I'm like, how interesting, because you work totally different than me, probably, but yet we have similarities. And, you know, so, and you're right, people are hungry to learn, especially during the pandemic, where we're, people have been forced to kind of sit with themselves. And, you know, they're going through these anxieties and stuff. And I personally think that their abilities may have been heightened during the pandemic, you know, with the stresses and and all these things and being closed off. I feel like their abilities and the empath side of them was kind of heightened. So people are dying to know, like, what do I do with this? How do I understand it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And we're looking and there's so much fear base, so much control, but so many people are passing to the other side right now. Everybody, it's like, There's an awareness of the other side, and what does happen after death? So I know that's one of your, even in your bio, that's one of your big answers to to people. It's solacing people, what happens after death? What is your experience with dead people? I think they're great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, I don't even know if I should be saying this, sometimes they're better than people that are living. But I I I think, (laughs) and I say that only because it's, it's funny, it's like our human bodies, our physical bodies, are plagued by so many different things, you know, and, and you look at people who have lost loved ones, they might have a terminal illness, you know, um, tragic passings, things like that. So, you know, our physical bodies go through a lot, you know, just like I was talking about before people judge you, there's mental issues, there's physical issues, but when they pass, that's gone. So you get like the form of a soul. And so like my interactions with spirit are, are most of the time, very positive. And you, like I said, it's very pure. It's genuine. And I personally have learned so much just from spirit and, and the readings and what we pick up. Cause I think people don't understand, but like we learn from spirit and from them when we read them too, we learn lessons
0: every day, every day. I, I learn something. Yeah. And, and what I find that I seem, again, I love talking to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Again, like you said, as they're where they're fine, they're not all of a sudden angelic or enlightened, but they do get a slightly higher perspective and they do lose their physical ailments. And in my experience, they don't have time and space, which yeah. is kind of cool. They could be here and there and everywhere. But what they like about what we do. It, it it gives them that sense. It's real questions, real answers. There's my grandson. There's... So it, it's kind of like that, the good part of being alive that they don't have anymore, that time and space. To me, that's where it's the win-win. You know, the audience member is getting their peace and solace and getting to talk to grandma, mom, whatever again, but the people on the other side are going, yeah, this is like a real conversation, real time. Exactly. Yeah.
1: No, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. There is no concept of time and space. And that's, I had this conversation with my son the other day. It was so funny that we're even talking about this. So my, I have two boys. Um, one is six, he'll be seven soon. Oh my gosh. And then one is five. My older one, he's, he's a medium. He has the same ability as me. And it's cool because I didn't have the guidance, you know, that I'm giving to him when I was a kid. So now I'm really making it a point to talk him through it and and hear his points of view and, and work with them. And he comes to me the other day and he's like, mom, he's like, I got a problem. Now, mind you, we're Italian. So he's very dramatic when he Uh talks, like, I got a problem. He's like, there's this kid that comes into my room. He's like, he's definitely a spirit, but he always comes when I'm trying to sleep. Why is he coming when I'm trying to sleep? Why can't he just come play with me during the day? He's like, what, how do I get him to come during the day? And I'm laughing. And I told him, I'm like, they don't have concept of time. There's no time, so you know, 3 a.m. to them, you're resting, so they know they could get a hold of you easier, you know. But if you're busy through the day, we sometimes miss spirit and, and signs and messages. And I literally just had this conversation, and he's like, Oh, that makes sense. He's like, I'm gonna have to have a talk with them.
0: <laughs> perfect answer, and that's a perfect thing because I do think they will listen to us, they do. This is our realm of existence, I totally believe. You know, and it's just we just have to talk to them. Yeah, I, that's so cute. <laughs> now, I also like that you. I see, I haven't really done this at all. That you've worked with like in crimes and police things and stuff. Yeah, that must be really interesting. A whole different. It's not like doing a gallery read or a séance or one on one because you're working with tragic things. Do you do you connect into the deceased people who are maybe murdered or killed or missing, or how do you how do you work it? Again, this is all new area to me. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I love talking about it because it's it's weird. Like I never, I guess growing up and stuff, I never would have thought that that would have been a thing. I didn't necessarily understand that in situations like that, we could be of assistance. And, um, you know, as I grew older, I realized like I would see things on the news. I would hear these stories and... I started seeing the way it played out. And sometimes I was really disturbed by it. I'm like, I don't want to be seeing these things, you know, because it's tragic. And, um, and then as I got older and I developed myself more, I realized the more I would watch these crime um, stories on the news or I would see them, the more I would be picking up on what was going on. And I'm like, God, I wonder if I could help somebody, you know? So the first time I ever dabbled in that area, um, a friend of mine who lived here in New York... She moved to a different state. Um, She knew what I did. And it was weird because her friend's son, I believe it was, went missing. Um, It was all over the news. It was this big thing. And she calls me up and she's like, I know about your ability. You know, I know what you can do. I trust you. Do you think you can help us? I'm like, yeah, I'll do whatever I can. So she she gives me a picture of this boy. And I didn't know. I just started writing whatever came down. So I started talking about, you know, what I saw it looked like a timeline to me right so I saw where he was before he went missing I saw the car that he was driving I saw what he was wearing people that he might have been around and then the timeline started to progress and I saw where you know his car uh, stops he gets out and exactly where the car had stopped is where they had actually found his vehicle and then I just started playing it out to where he went next and I grabbed a map of the location because I wasn't from there so I didn't know where And I just started circling areas and I'm like, it's like a trail, you know, I drew like a trail. Come to find out, she handed this over to investigators. They followed him for a solid week where I was pointing it and finding in these locations I'd circled trail, uh, traces or trails of him being there. Um, this was a case where luckily this boy was found safe. He was brought home. Um, but that was the moment where I was like, okay, so this is a thing. (laughs) I can actually help. And um, and then after that, you know, more people started reaching out to me. And, you know, I don't publicize those things because I feel it's very personal. So I don't, you know, post anything about it. And, and um, I don't necessarily, we don't record it or anything, um, but it, I do it very often.
0: So um, that's it, beautiful. I mean, you helped them find a kid. That's yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, but it's definitely different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely a different spectrum of what we do <laughs>
0: yeah 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 i yeah again it, it intrigues me i just have i one time there was this cold case i was contacted by somebody it's a hundred year old cold case and it's was it in what, indiana i don't know this case that wouldn't in a missing little 13 year old girl so i just kind of started stream of consciousness too just talking and it was two reporters and they recorded the whole thing and then they even just word for word made a newspaper up. I go, Oh, that's a little scary, my stream of consciousness. But I but I was saying stuff I again, east of town, whatever, water, hunting cabin, blah, 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 blah. And what I was just seeing, what I was saying. And then I'm like, I've never done that before. And they and then and then they on the phone, they're going, Well, there isn't any water east of town. I'm like, oh, great. Well, there isn't there's no hunting, there's no water. Like, okay. And, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm not good at that, but actually then they got a hundred year old map out and there was water east of town. So it kind of worked. I had told the story, but again, I haven't gone there since. So it's like, there's no water. He's all right. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like, so that was, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, not my strong suit, but, um, I, I think then a lot of my story started to put together, but but again, that's a cold case that won't die, and it doesn't matter at this point. I mean, maybe to somebody, but what you did and with helping, that's amazing to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's been you know, in cases that are very unfortunate, you know, it it has been a homicide, and they're looking for answers, and you know, nobody's been caught, and um, you know, so those those made me nervous because now it's like this major event is in your hands in a sense, or you know, um the accountability for it is in your hands in a sense. And um, but I've helped out on on numerous cases and brought a lot of closure to people and it's intimidating, but it's it's also rewarding in the sense that, you know, you're helping those people. And it's very interesting that you would pick up when you did that cold case on things a hundred years ago, because you're, you were accurate. It's just that, you know, you were picking up back then in the timeline and it's crazy how our ability can do that, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's an interesting world out there. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, So, and I know you do, because I'm into the paranormal investigation world with my work on ghost adventures and you now all sorts of other things. So yeah. what is your experience there? That's not talking to dead grandmas and fun <laughs> things in a, in a gallery or whatever. We're going into prisons and serial killer houses and the insane asylum where people, how, how does, how do how, what is your experience with that or what are your thoughts on, all that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you know, when I was younger, um, the house that I grew up in, um, it, it was very active just in general. Um, you think of Italians, we lived, you know, below each other, above each other, next door, everybody was right here. Um, so there was a lot of history in the houses we grew up in, in general, on top of the land that it was sitting on and the area surrounding it. And, um, you know, I was, Really intimidated by all of the experiences I had as a kid. My mother would have experiences like we would be out of the house and she would hear um, children yelling for her, mimicking our voices. And it was later in my years when I thought back and I'm like, that wasn't something that you really want to talk to because if it's mimicking our voices, that's something different, you know. And so there's different levels of what we pick up on. There's there's grandma and spirits yeah. and happy, and then there's those ones that mimic and, and do these crazy things. And um so we went back to my child home, childhood home. Um, when I was, I, I was probably in my early twenties and we went back and we did some EVP work, you know both of us are mediums, my mom and I are mediums but I'm like, I want some proof, you know and we started really trying to find things to validate what we were picking up on and we got it, trust me, we got it, hmm. it was wild. And, and then I'm like, I'm so glad we don't live here anymore. Um, but then that led me to, you know, you start watching shows that are on TV and you start hearing of different locations. And, um, so we just started going to these places, you know, being in New York, we live by, um, close to Lilydale. So we would, to Lilydale, you know, of that? Yes. It's one of, it's
0: on my bucket list of visiting, you know? Yes. You have
1: to go. It's beautiful. So we would go places like that. And, um, you know, and just the woods that are there, the fairy woods and the, um, pet cemeteries and things like that. And we just started dabbling in, in, all different areas, different locations, seeing what we would pick up on. And then when I really went public with what I was doing as a medium, I would get invited to come to these places and be the medium during mm-hmm. investigations. And, um, so I just started going to all these, I, I mean, I've been to some amazing locations. Waverly Hills was one of my favorites, I think. Um, you know, I got a lot of really cool validation where I was picking up on something and then it would be picked up on whether it be an EVP or maybe like a spirit box of some sort. Um, so, you know, and I do that very often, but I always say like, I go to mediumship first when I'm in those locations. And I think it's really interesting to then have it backed up by technology of some sort
0: yeah that's what i think too because i having the technology that's i am not a tech person i've got dowsing rods at most you know nothing with batteries nothing with ah but the first time when i started doing it it's like you know me trying to explain well the ghost is going "Wow, with their arms round and round and round with their arms on the table and people believe you or don't believe and you don't know. Now there's a guy in the other room with no awareness of what you're saying with a little picture on the SLS camera of a little stick picture where the ghost is going round and round and round with his arms. Exactly what I'm saying. Again, it's to get that proof of that. It's like, yes, finally. And I love that is one of those ways that science and spirituality are coming together and it completely coming together. But we begin just the magic of it and all, and it's all coming down to numbers anyway. But I do love that, that that now this little box is going to say the same thing that I see or say or whatever. That's fun. Yeah. (laughs) I got to tell
1: you this because it goes along with what we're saying, but more recently I did um, I did a project and I can't talk about it right now, but uh, and so I was at this location and we were uh, investigating and I kept feeling this child and he was hiding in a closet. And um, it was weird because there was somebody earlier in the day when I wasn't there who kept talking about which she had an ability as well. She tried to pretend she didn't, but she did. And uh-huh. she was talking about this child in the closet. So then I come in and I'm directed to this closet and i kept feeling like he was running in he's running out he's hiding he's this because you know kid spirits they're playful so he's in and out he's running he's here he's there and i go you need to get a motion detector and put it right there because i can promise you he's running back and forth and when he knows he could set that thing off it's going to be crazy we put the motion detector down and it was like fireworks it was wild and you could place it anywhere else in that location it was doing nothing But if you placed it right there, it started going crazy. And I think that that stuff is fascinating. Having somebody with our ability and we're picking up on it and people might think we're crazy. And then all of a sudden that backs it up and I'm like, told (laughs) you. Yeah,
0: I know, I love it too. And what I'm also noticing is spirits are really learning to use electronics because they're energy, we're energy. We, We don't, everything is just energy anyway. But whether it's a cell phone app or all this fancy equipment paranormal investigators use, or you know your tv it's old school the lights flash on and off they use it but they are really getting good at technology i just did a thing with youtubers this tfil crew we had this big five room suite we would tell the ghost which room to ring the phone in and they would and even the hotel was going, it doesn't work that way. All the phones were old school landlines, all or none. It's like, nope, nope, we'll just ring it in this bedroom. And they did. And there would be, you know, silence and silence and silence. Three or f- they we we'd hear breathing and things And three to five minutes. Then we'd get a dial tone. I have never had that intelligent, direct, electronic communication with a spirit. It happened four times. Four times it it just dropped on YouTube I'm like oh my god all my years of doing this they're just learning they're learning even like goofy little free apps on your cell phone I, I put one on it was like ghost radar and I swear I put it on for a joke and then it told me the news three hours before the news happened very specific news it literally said Norway children island killed Three hours later, some crazy person drove on an island in Norway and killed children. I'm like, this is a dollar app. What is this?
1: Hi. Yeah. It's- I was just going to ask you if it was accurate because my kids, they were downloading things on like their grandparents' phone and then they're calling me up and they're like, what is this thing that your kids are downloading? I'm like, I don't know. But they were using something like that. And I'm like, I wonder if this stuff is accurate. Like I'm not, You, but you never know because- technology, like Spirit's getting good at using it, but then technology is also getting really good to where they're tu- they're fine-tuning that and we're picking up more evidence now to back up things. And so it's like this crazy collaboration bringing forward so much evidence and validation.
0: It's Com- wild. Completely, completely. And that, that specific act, and there's some that are fake and they're made to have fake ghosts, but I think the ghosts can even learn that. But a couple of years ago, we did a, a four-hour live ghost adventures, which is crazy because- Ghosts don't know break for commercial. They don't. No. All the good stuff happens when they're gone and they're doing it. But all, I was, I, I was in seventh heaven, kind of like Gregory Hines. But I was with all the best of the equipment: Gary Golka, Bill Chapel, uh, uh, Justin Spurrier, uh, Joshua Warren, all these great inventors, and then me, the little medium who can't, you know, <laughs> put in a battery in a transistor radio. <laughs> and they were talking about all their fancy equipment. I'm like, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to be brave, and they're going to kick me out of here. They're going to, and I go. I use ghost radar and I held up my phone and I'm like, "Oh god, why did I say that?" And and Gary Golka, who invented the melmeter and the sb 7 spirit box, who's this brilliant guy? He goes, "Yeah, it's real." He goes, it's he goes, he goes, "Actually, the guy who invented this ghost radar copied and pasted it from the guy who invented the ovulus Ovil- It's word for word the words." I'm like, "Okay." no they didn't kick me out. But Oh my gosh, this so, download it. <laughs> I know ghost radar L- okay. legacy version. It's, <laughs> and it's so crazy. It- yeah. It- it's
1: wild. I, you know, it's crazy. Cause, and then all the newer ones that are coming out too, it, you know, I think that the paranormal especially is, is progressing in such a way that, you know, those people who are doubting it are now looking at this evidence and things to say like, wow, this, there's really something going on here, you know? And I, I love how the paranormal is adapting and changing Um, bringing about more of the truth of things and it's not so much about like the you know the um, theatrical part of it this is real concrete stuff happening you know and people want the truth so it's it's awesome to see
0: yeah I know I love it and it is changing even the crews that have been around a long time like they don't they're not you know screaming at ghosts anymore they get it Um, and um, what I like about the paranormal thing t- again, remember, we're saying human regular people out there, people are going, oh, I need more, there's something out there besides life, what there's more than this. And it's bringing this world of wonder, mysticism, to people who don't want to go to church or go to temple. They don't even want to be New Age, or they don't want to be spiritual, but they still want to know what's out there. It's bringing mysticism back. Because I say this all the time, our modern Western society has gotten so logical, left brain we've lost the magic. Paranormal's bringing it back for everybody who who, who can't handle it any other way. And it's, well, let's go ghosts, you know. I don't care about spirits, or, but let, ghosts, I can deal with ghosts. And it's opening up the whole world to them.
1: It's true. And and I like that they're collaborating more so and using the spiritual side of things, bringing people like yourself yeah. into that show or people like myself into investigations. And you're right. It's bringing people out into this mysticism and being open to it again. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this concrete stuff. And then there's this person who's also validating and picking up on things. And people are really starting to open up more and more to the possibility that spirit really is around and they really do communicate with us. And, and I think it's amazing to see this transformation happening.
0: Yeah, because again, that the everybody's, for, for, yeah, there's so much fear-based, so if people are dying. People wanna know, is there something after life? And again, I know that's one of your things. So if yeah. they're not gonna to go to a seance or a gallery or to church or go one-on-one, they'll go talk to ghosts and know, yeah, there's something on the other side.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely.
0: What is your, uh, okay. What is your most, ins- if you want to be put on your most yeah. inspiring thing that I think that you've got to experience in your life? Did you have one thing that like, wow.
1: You know, I, um, I think that it's kind of like the combination of all these little moments and, um, you know, I'll never forget, like when I really, we talked about earlier how I started doubting myself and, um, you know, you kind of think that, you have this passion, you know you could do things with our ability and you're like, I know I'm supposed to be doing this stuff. I know that I have this ability, but you almost feel bogged down by society in general. It's like, no, if you're supposed to do this and then you're supposed to do this. And, you know, and so we conform. And then I think I had this moment where, you know, I went to school. I did exactly what, you know, I thought I was supposed to be doing and I got my degrees. I got a master's and um, I really didn't feel good about myself. I was like, this is great, but I, this is not what I want to be doing. And, um, I took this leap of faith where I just started, you know, reading people and I'll never forget. I had one reading where this woman had lost a child and, um, you know, I gave her this reading and it was probably one of the most shocking and validating and accurate readings I've ever given. It was one of my very first ones that I ever did kind of publicly. And, you know, it it was crazy because I remember she came to me afterwards and she had told me that she was so down that she had contemplated taking her life. And it was after that reading that she was like, but you gave me hope that, you know, my child is okay. And, And she's like, it's like, you kind of brought me to this new place. Now, mind you, I went to school for clinical mental health counseling. That's what my master's was. So I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be helping people, but then I realized you can do it in this avenue. And that person who just came to me and validated that I had helped her so dramatically, I, I took the jump. I just was like, that was it. I have to do this. This is where I need to be. And I took the jump. And, every, and you know this to be true. When you start following what your path is supposed to be, the universe will make a way for it. Yep. And it was that inspiration moment where I was like, I'm just going to do it. And if I'm supposed to be doing this, it'll happen. And it did. And it just took that one person. It was that one reading, that one
0: person for me to trust it and just go. That is beautiful. And I do think that your education in clinical psychology helps because, again, you are dealing with people in their weakest mode and most vulnerable. And any education we have, I don't have that kind of an education, but that's why I don't stop studying ever and learning. Yeah classes. and Because we take a big responsibility of people's lives into our hands. Because I see so many really raw, gifted people, but they don't know how to handle it right, how to talk to the people. You have to know, speak to your audience in a theatrical term, you know, speak to your audience if you're, you know, ah. So I think that it's great that you have all that degree and everything. And, and it yeah. just is going to help on both sides. Again, it's that dance between your logical and your intuitive brain. And you're going to yeah. be that much better in dealing with people like that than anybody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I got to ask you though. I know this is like the. Opposite, That's okay. Ask away. But when you like we're cuz I know we just said mine, but like it's interesting. What was your moment of where you were like this is what I want to do. Like this
0: is the path I'm supposed to be. Did you also have a moment like that? Well, I I I fought it for a really long time. I mean, I I I was this person, I was a witch, I was a medium, I psychic, I work with people, but I kept it private cuz I was in Hollywood doing the Hollywood thing, which was okay. If that if I was an actor, but I started a production company and I have very corporate production where I did I did Vegas, I did Atlantic City, I did IBM, Mattel, banks, big song and dance extravaganzas, big shows, very industrial, very corporate show. And I'm like and we do things for hr par- departments and teaching and all this i might go these people cannot know that i talk to dead people or dance around bonfires in a cape they just would they i mean you're not even allowed to touch an elbow in this corporate setting of this world they so i kept it really 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 quiet i had almost like two lives i never lied about thing but this is corporate show producer patty Um, but in 2008, when that big crash happened, the big corporate crash, corporate entertainment became a dirty word because it was misused by people hiring hookers or whatever. And my business went crash, just like people canceled because like, we can't have a party. We can't afford our things. We're going to give our employees a $25, you know, grocery store ticket instead of having an event for them or a show or filming or this or that. So all of a sudden that's going down. And at the same time, reality TV was taking this huge, big turn. And I remember somebody coming up to me who knew me, they go, they go, oh, Patty, we need you to do, we need somebody legit who does a seance, who really, re- is it the old spiritualist style? That's why I had to go to Lily to seance on this TV show. I'm like, no, I won't do it. I can't do that. I won't do that. No, please, we really need, no, I can't do that. I won't do that. And I'm looking at like no jobs coming in. I go, uh-huh. well, what is the show? And they go, it's called Mobile Home Disaster, and it's on country music television. And I'm like, well, nobody's going to watch that. (laughs) Who's going to watch a show called Mobile Home Disaster? Who wouldn't know? On country music, I'd never heard of it. So... I did it and i fell in love. oh my god they follow you around with three cameras i'm good on camera i know that i get to be me i get to give my message i helped a little girl of this thing and the thing and saw the portal in her room i'm helping people i'm entertaining people just like you i'm on stage i dance and i'm like oh, i love this genre i don't have to memorize lines like an actor i don't have to have a but and i get to be me but never again because no one's gonna watch this show it was really fun i loved it it brought in my improv and sketch background but never again it aired didn't think i go that was fun the very next day i get a call from my biggest corporate client this national bank i saw you on tv last night and i'm like oh i'll never work for bank whatever again and she's like i didn't know you were into the paranormal i didn't know i love that world i'm like really well yeah so i'm like I'm out of the closet. I'm out of the psychic closet. I'm out of the broom closet. I'm out of the medicine. And that took off. And then me being a staple in Hollywood for so many years on both sides of the camera, I became the kind of go-to person to call. Nicole Ritchie needs anybody who needed a medium or needed a psychic or needed a witch or needed a seance. Or, so I just came The and I'm like, this is great. And it's, and I still have my production company, but I don't have time to do anything with it. I did one show last year. I've I've beautiful cast, beautiful actors, but because that I tried to motivate people in a much more corporate way. This is how we get along. But now it's like this is way better. Yeah. Oh my so God. So that's how. Again, it was like it was like kicking and screaming the whole way. It was like, oh no, I, this is my world, but I, they can't clash. So the universe said, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's so. That's amazing. And yeah. and it just.
1: So like my whole idea, I really think entertainment and what we do as a medium or in the paranormal, they come together so well. And, you know, and it's awesome to hear, you know, you're, that's why I was like, I have to know her story too. I want to know because it's Thank so you. interesting. And, um, you know, and you had said too, like, they called you back and they were like, oh, you're into the paranormal. Isn't it so strange how we assume, oh, they'll never be into this or these people probably aren't, you know, open to it. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, you like- Ghosts and you like spirit yeah, like this, I, like let's talk about that. And you're like, What?
0: <laughs> I know it's so funny. I guess they have their own regular life. They probably have to go into office. We have to be corporate today, and and, and that's it. Yeah. And I like it just like you get to audiences, your 600 people in casinos who you know may or may not get to know you and your work. Other than that, that's why I like doing really goofy shows. And other than like ghost adventures, I like doing like shows like pit boss and Nicole Richie or bad girls club where you're in this thrown in with these urban girls who fight all the time, but it's not about that. It's like you get to turn a little light bulb on them. It's like, okay, let's clear your house. What, what if you just do this and you don't have to argue all the time? What, if? and it's like, You get to inspire a whole audience that would never, ever, they wouldn't, you know, come see me or read my book or come see the thing. And so that's where we get out to the world. And I think that's what the entertainment aspect of what both you and I do is awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's amazing to
0: hear your story. Yeah, thank you. And yours. Mm -hmm. This is great. I have a new friend on the other coast. We'll have to get (laughs) you out to LA and come play with my ghost and I'll come play with yours and you get to take me to Lilydale. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've been saying I've been saying that I'm coming out to LA soon. I've actually I'm I'm really actually planning a trip. I just talked about it yesterday. I'm like I gotta get out there. I have some friends out there anyways, and so I have to come see you.
0: (laughs) Yes, it's a deal, and I'll get up that way. Uh, Travel is starting again. I'm actually going to Salem in two or three weeks for the first time. So we're slowly. My first time in Salem ever. Yeah,
1: I'm working. I've got like in October. So last this past Halloween, which it was. A little bit crazy because you know with the pandemic but um it was my first time you are gonna love it i right.
0: know just the
1: walk on the grounds of it is like it's like um how do i explain it it's almost like this weird pulse you know that happens as you're walking because you could feel the energy of the place and i it was crazy because it was halloween halloween's crazy in general then with like the pandemic and everything and i'm like i gotta go back in like the summer when it's warmer, and it's not as crazy, um, because there's so much, to, especially as a medium, you're just gonna wanna play
0: like it's Toys R Us or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I can't wait, I am so excited. That's how yeah. I was last year, just before, with New Orleans, I'd never been to New Orleans, and it was Halloween, when the veil is the thinnest, it's sour, and it's like, whoa! And I, I use the same terms as you, the pulse, the heartbeat, the this, of, of, of each city and the place, so. Ah, I love it. So, okay, we're going to play on both coasts and yeah. everywhere in the middle. Um, <laughs> but before we go, and um, do you have any projects you want to talk about coming up or that you can talk about? I understand things we can't talk about, but yeah. How-
1: yeah, there's a couple that I can't, um, but ones that I can is I, I do have a virtual casino show that I did. It airs on April 16th and it'll be on demand at the Seneca Niagara Casino and Resort website. So it's it's an episode that I did there. That's really fun. Um, I am relaunching my podcast, so my pa- podcast is still up and running. I'm also going to be doing a um, live event at the Statler Building in Buffalo uh, in May, so it'll be my first like live audience since you know the pandemic. So I'm itching to get over there. Um, and I just tell people you know to follow me because now that things are opening back up, I'm booking a lot of live shows. There's a ton of other projects that are coming up that I'll eventually post about. Um, So, you know, my my Facebook, Tessa Del Zappo, Instagram, it's all just Tessa Del Zappo. And then my website, TessaDelZappo.com, where people will be able to book readings and then also buy tickets and stuff to events great so everybody check
0: her out i now speak highly for beautiful tessa del zappo check out her web page facebook instagram follow like do all those fabulous things that we do in this modern age of uh, whatever so thank you so much tessa for coming on rob told me my producer that i would love you and he's right you're right rob you must be psychic (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for coming on. (laughs) I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Witching Hour. Thank you, Tessa Del Zappo. Thank you, everyone. Remember, magic is everywhere. You just got to look sometime.